Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Odyssey Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi, and every river, lake, and field in between, let's talk everything outdoors. <laughs> You're on the crazy train. Welcome to the Wacky Walleye Cutting Edge Outdoor Show. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on 1250 AM, The Fan. How's everybody doing this morning? I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I know I did. It was a lot of work, but you know what? It was all worth it. Anyway... Every Saturday morning, you can always get in touch with us by calling us at uh, 414-799-1250, or you can email us at ceoguys at yahoo.com. He's Dan Bush. I'm Tom Neubauer. Sam Schmitz is on the boards. Good morning, fellas. Good morning. Good morning, Tom. Hey, I got to I gotta ask Sam. Yesterday, Sam, I was listening to your show. Yeah. Uh, were you guys, uh, well... I wanted to know, do you actually make bets on your predictions? I mean, because you advise people on betting. <laughs> okay. Do you, so I'm, do you bet? I'm glad you asked because uh, when Rami and I do our picks for, you know, every week in football, we just pick the straight-up winners or, like, what you would call money line in betting terms and all that, just, like, who right. you think is going to win and all that. Because we always say, as a disclaimer on our show, there's a reason we have Ryan Horvat on our show every Friday from BetMGM Tonight is because we don't want to – mislead people and all that but that's just a segment that bart and toby do every week so i figured i'd participate in it and do my share so you know it's just kind of my uh my thoughts i guess you could say i wouldn't put too much money on it and all that but if you if you feel like getting dangerous that's... well because i know horvat bets oh yeah but i'm i'm nowhere near you know as smart as he is on that kind of stuff you know i just i know what i know and i'd make do what i can all right well, i just thought so- i'd clear that 
that up. So, so is Ryan is he's working for like uh, what's that? It's called what? What's that program he's on now for? That MGM for... tonight. It's actually on like pretty much right after Rami's show um, on the Odyssey app, and you can catch that. They also stream it on Twitter and all that. So he's basically got his own show now with uh, two others, just talking nothing but betting, which is great. Does yeah, he is good. he still living in the area here, or did he move somewhere oh, no. else? Yeah, he's actually living in Washington D.C. now. Okay, yeah. and that's that's his career now. He's out there working for them then. Oh yeah, and he, it's funny. We call it uh, instead of Odyssey, we call it Horvodyssey because now <laughs> he's giving uh, actually people within our company like there's we have like meetings every now and then where he's like explaining uh, all these betting terms to you know people who work for the company because I mean it's it really is taking over sports now. It's becoming synonymous with uh, how you watch sports. Well, oh, yeah. is As it matter of fact? Uh... You know, there are other stations that uh, people pay to be on to give, you know, but you got to, you know, they, they give you your betting lines, but they'll, they just tease you with them because if you want the real stuff, you got to pay for it, you know. Yeah. At least you don't have to pay for Horvath. Oh, yeah, exactly. He's on Bart's show every Monday and Friday, and then he's on our show, uh, on Rami's show every, fr- every Friday at 3.45 p.m. Well, well, Tom. Now you were friends with the un un unnamed book. Uh, yeah, whatever yeah. you call them, bookie. Uh, now, isn't gambling still illegal, guys? Well, in no, some you states, you can go down to Potawatomi and make bet. Well, you can gamble down there, but as far as uh, making bets on games, I think I don't think you can do that here in Wisconsin. No. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like in some states, uh, like in New Jersey, New York, like people got to go across the bridge to New Jersey to place their bets, and then you know walk right by, or walk right back, I should say, <laughs> just so they don't get in trouble. Right, right. So, so I mean, where do they where do they go to place their bets? Is there a casino or something there? You can still do casinos, yeah. but nowadays they're making apps where you know they got FanDuel and all these other like BetQL and all that. So there, there's apps where you can just literally place bets in your phone now. Yeah, and but as a matter of fact, they got these offshore betting sites, which are a big thing too now. So if you live in Wisconsin and you are betting using an app or whatever, it's technically illegal. I think you'd probably have to go. I think uh, Illinois, you're able to bet, so you'd probably have to, you know, cross state lines and then place your bets and all that. So yeah, it's in here, you know, in Wisconsin, it's still illegal. Yeah, but but everybody everybody does it through their unnamed bookie, right? Yeah, yeah. It's still going on. Why don't they just make it make it legal for gosh sake? Well, everywhere they, they've been wanting to do that. You know, of course the casinos have been wanting to do that. You know, for for a long time now. I mean, they got the big push for legalizing marijuana and everything else. Uh, what the heck? I'd say let's legalize the gambling, and you know, so if somebody wants to bet on a football game, they can bet on a football game, and they're not. Like, you know, John Dillinger, public enemy number one. Exactly. That makes too much sense, Bushy. Yeah, am I making sense? Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a non-violent crime, you know. Nobody it's a non-violent crime. Talk about nobody, you know, getting hurt here. Yeah, nobody's yeah. getting hurt. Unless, unless, of course, you bet stupid and lose all your money, you know. Well, you know what, though? That... That betting stupid does exist. Uh, oh, yeah. I had a friend of mine in Green Bay who was, in fact, a bookie, and uh, 
Yeah, he eventually got his house raided because somebody else got in trouble for something and told every everything he knew about whoever did anything wrong, so he wouldn't be in as in as much trouble. But uh, at uh, he knew a friend of his who was uh, had a relatively had a wife, family, good job, and this guy was seriously in debt and in going sinking and trying to bail himself out by gambling even more. Uh, in big trouble, his wife didn't even know about it. So. Yeah, they, you know, once you get in deep, uh, and then you try doubling up and tripling up to try to get out of it, the bookies love that because you never do. You just never do. Wow. So. Well, you know, that's one bad habit I never had then. Um, so I never got it. But Ryan evidently must be fairly good at it then because I don't see him standing downtown in the soup line so <laughs> yeah i hope he's making money at it oh he's making he's living comfortably we'll just say that that's good wow i know uh you know years ago i used to bet and the 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 bookie i went went through turned you know eventually became my friend probably my best friend and uh i uh i didn't want to take his money he didn't want to take my money so i stopped betting Huh. You know, so did your did your wife know that you were betting? Oh yeah, yeah, she knew. She didn't she know did. how much I was betting. Okay. But I mean, well, most of the time I was betting small. But every now and then, you know, I'd get a tip to bet big. You know, like five hundred dollars on a game, and uh, so that that that's a little nerve wracking when you're watching a game and you got five hundred dollars on it. You know. Sam, Sam, you you mentioned you you got that, or Tom mentioned you got the show with Rami. Is Rami he is he still a big Bears fan? He's from from <laughs> Illinois, correct? Yeah. Yesterday during the big show, he was wearing a Bears hat and then you know one of those old Bears Mike Dicka sweatshirts and all that. <laughs> okay. Okay. So he is. Did they did they win this week? The Bears? Uh, barely. I think they. Yeah, they won by two points against the Lions on Thanksgiving, which the Lions are o nine and one now o ten and one. And they won on pretty much a last-second field goal. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. They're not that good. Those poor Lions fans. <laughs> oh, those. You know, it seems like the Lions can just never get it on track, you know. So. They missed and, the days of, uh, what was it, Alex Karras was at the defensive yeah, uh, tackle. Yeah. That uh, he played uh, Mongo, in, or, yeah, in uh, Blazing Saddles. Oh, really? Blazing Saddles. Yeah. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that and movie. he, and he, uh, he actually was the arch nemesis of uh, Jerry Kramer of the Packers, and every yep. time they played, played the Lions, because he was really pretty good. Um, yeah, and that but, Alex Karras, he even had a sitcom TV show for a couple of years. Oh, that's right, he yeah, did. Yeah, I don't remember the name of it, but... They had that uh, uh, a little short little black kid uh, was one of the stars. <laughs> Can't remember his name. Remember? Yeah, that was their kid. They adopted him, and and it was funny as heck. And Webster. That was on, God, that was a long time ago. My goodness. I think that's what it's called. I think it's called Webster. Yeah, that's it. His that little guy's name was Webster. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. The little guy. Yeah. The little guy. So that was the. Webster. <laughs> Webster. All right. And is Alex Karras, is he in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Um, I can check. I think he got bumped because of betting. I don't what? think they put him in because he was a big betting guy. He got uh, 
he got fined or hammered for that. I think that's why they might not have put him in. Yeah, he was well, a better. Well, so so was Paul Horning. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, he was too. As a matter of fact, I'm guessing that when Paul Horning got swept up in that uh, that scandal, I think that's probably when Alex Karras got busted yeah, as well. Probably. I'm, I'm probably. thinking that that was the same type of situation. Paul Horning got suspended for the whole season. Yeah, yeah. Alex Karras is in the Hall of Fame. Oh, he is. He is. Okay. So they didn't take it as hard as they did with Pete Rose in baseball. Well, the difference the difference was Pete Rose was betting on his own team. Yeah, and yeah, I think right. that's the difference. I don't think Paul Horning was betting for the Green Bay Pack. I could be wrong on this, but I don't think I he don't. was uh, betting. And you know, Pete Rose lied about it, never came clean on it. So there, there were some differences there. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I hope you guys had a good, excuse me, good Thanksgiving. Yes, uh, I was going to ask you, Tom. You know, being as uh, I know cooking and eating isn't really high on the, on your list necessarily, but I imagine the uh, Thanksgiving was quite the production for you. Uh, it is every year, well, except except one year, you know, it didn't. But um, but yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, when I mean, my wife she cooks some of the stuff. You know, uh, she does her green bean casserole, which some people like, some people don't. That's up in the air, but. But, you know, doing the turkey's not so bad, you know. You just got to do a couple of special things to it. But I'll tell you what, I love the leftovers. And, yeah, I got to say, one of my favorite parts of the Thanksgiving meal, if you're having the, you know, traditional turkey meal, um, my favorite part is actually the gravy. Because, you know, the gravy you put on the stuffing, on the mashed potatoes, on on the turkey, you put it on almost everything, you know. And the gravy is so good, my God, I could drink that stuff. <laughs> you a big turkey guy, Tom? Yeah, yeah, we like it. Uh. In fact, every year we buy, you know, when they're on sale for that 37, 39 cents a pound, we always buy two or three of them, depending on how much room we've got in the big freezer. Not a big we turkey guy. Two, yeah, because we like it, yeah, definitely. Well, I'll tell you what, turkey's okay when it's first cooked, long as it's moist and you got lots of potatoes and stuffing and gravy and stuff and to go with it, then it's good. What I really used to dislike, oh my man, it was the worst. I'd do Thanksgiving at my grandmother's house up there by Superior and, uh, you know, we'd hunt the morning and uh, then we'd come in in the afternoon and go into Duluth or Superior, whichever house we were having it. We'd have the Thanksgiving. Then we'd go back hunting on Friday. You know, we'd hunt two more days up there and then drive back to Green Bay. But what they'd do is they'd always have a bunch of leftover turkey. So they'd, they'd put it on a piece of white bread and no butter, no mayo, no nothing. They'd just put it oh. on a piece of bread and they'd put it in a baggies or wrap it in foil, and those were our sandwiches for the in the woods. Now it's bad enough that you got dry turkey on a hunk of white bread, but it's even worse when it's like 10 degrees up there and it freezes and it's solid, <laughs> you know. And and you're you're eating this block of frozen ice dry turkey. And you're, you were gnawing on it. You didn't really eat it. You just kind of gnawed on it <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> throughout the day. Oh, uh, did that suck. 
Well, I was pretty happy. My turkey this year was really nice and moist. You know, it was, and and we we make my wife makes these rolls, these really soft, beautiful rolls, and so you know, leftover. I mean, I last year I think on the gut report I talked about uh, all different kinds of ways you can use leftover turkey for different things. You know, and uh, so you know that's what we do. We we make a lot of different things with it afterward. But I like having the regular like. Uh, yesterday, I had a regular Thanksgiving turkey dinner a second time. You know, I had it all over again, and I thought it was great, you know. So, so Tom, I, I just got an email from one of our listeners, and they want to know, it says, does Tom wear an apron when cooking the turkey? Yes, I do. You do? <laughs> I, I wear an apron when I cook a, so most stuff I do, because especially if I'm frying anything, because well, the apron's one of those big ones where it comes up to your. Well, neck. yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, all the way down because I'm kind of uh, sloppy a little bit, and my wife hates it because I get grease stains on my shirts. So she makes sure I'm wearing an apron so I don't get these stains on my shirt and that. So maybe uh, yeah, maybe you can submit a picture of you wearing that apron and to GQ, and you can be the cover guy. Yeah, right. That, that'd, be, that'd be something else. Yeah. It's, it actually looks kind of goofy in the summertime when I'm wearing shorts. <laughs> it looks like I'm wearing a dress. <laughs> as long as your legs are tan. Yeah, right. So anyway, well, we better go to a, a break. And I, I'm, I'm asking our uh, listeners this. If they want to call in and tell us what their favorite part of Thanksgiving is, is it the turkey, is it the stuffing, is it the green bean casserole, what's your favorite part of the meal of the turkey dinner that you like, you can call us at 414-799-1250, or you can email us at ceoguys at yahoo.com. Excuse me, Danny and I will be right back, so stay tuned, folks. we got a lot more to talk about. We'll be right back. To the Wacky Walleyes, Cutting Edge Outdoors, I'm Dan Bush, along with Tom in the kitchen, Neubauer, wearing his blaze orange apron, because it's deer season, of course, cooking leftover turkeys, and and, and Tom, uh, what do you do with your leftover turkey? You were just alluding to it. Oh, we do all kinds of stuff. We make, uh, there's a turkey stew, there's a turkey casserole, there's, I grind it, you know, to make turkey sandwiches, I grind it and add things to it, you know, where you, you know, add the pickle relish to mayonnaise, mustard if you like, whatever, you know. Um, yeah, there's a turkey we stuff, uh, it, there's a whole bunch of things we do with it. Tom, yeah. Tom, Tom is, has as many turkey recipes as Bubba has shrimp recipes. <laughs> I don't know if I got that many, but little, yeah, little, I mean. Little bit, little yeah. bit of everything there, so. And, if, and, and you know, the funny thing, if it was ham, let's say a lot of people use ham at Thanksgiving instead of a turkey, or they use it, you know, at, at Easter time, of course, you know. And, and then, of course, there's a lot of recipes to use with leftover ham. You know, just about leftover anything you can make a lot of different stuff out of, you know. So, and, yeah, and right. since we like the turkey, the mashed potatoes, the stuffing. The, oh, you know what else I like that a lot of people don't, but I do. I think it's wonderful. The jellied cranberries. 
What do you think about those? The jellied cranberries. Jellied cranberries. Um, you they know, I, I don't know if I've ever had jellied cranberries. All I know is if I had any cranberries, it would be about one teaspoon full on the corner of my plate. And that was it. Yeah. Just to say regular. I had some. Never was a big fan of the old cranberries. No, regular cranberries are kind of sour, kind of tart sour, you know. But jellied cranberries aren't. Um, they come in a can, and they, I don't know, it looks kind of weird, but I, I like them a lot. As a matter of fact, when I make a turkey sandwich, the leftovers, I put the jelly cranberries on the turkey sandwich, too. You know, I, mean, I like them. So. Well, <laughs> sounds good. You know, we probably better get off the food stuff, Tom, because I think people are sick of hearing about every channel I turned on, Fox News, Fox and Fred, every cha- virtually every channel I turned on for two days, it was nothing about people talking about their family Thanksgiving recipes and yeah. sampling oh. food, and that's all we've been hearing about for days, and here we are. Hey, we just got an email, just came in, and this is from Gregory. Gregory says, my favorite part of the turkey dinner is the homemade dressing and gravy. And, he catch this, homemade jellied cranberries. <laughs> so Greg is, Greg is with me on the jellied cranberries, I guess. <laughs> hey, Tom, we uh, lost Bushy for a second. I'm going to try to reconnect. Okay, that's okay. Yeah, and, uh, you know, there's so many different things. You know, like in uh, homemade dressings. I mean, I don't know what you folks use in yours, but I use uh, Jimmy Dean's pork sausage cut up. You know, I cook it first and cut it up, you know, smaller pieces and uh, celery and onions and and then uh now we buy the the stuffing that that says uh sage and onion stuffing you know it's the the cubes the bread uh bread uh croutons like now i add a little extra sage in mine because i just happen to have a sage bush in the backyard and that thing stays really lively until you know snow comes you know and the funny thing about those sage bushes is that they come back every year. I trim it down, like later on in the fall now, and probably in a couple of weeks, I'll trim it way down. And believe it or not, next spring, it comes back up again, and it's perfect. You know, I mean, it, it, it's great. The sage bush, once you put it in, it'll never go away unless you rip those roots right out of the ground. So I always add a little extra sage to my stuffing. I hope that answers the question. Is Bushy there yet? I'm here. Oh, good, 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 good. I yeah, the, uh, we... You know, if that happens, Danny, you should just, like, interrupt me and say, okay, I'm back, you know, just so at least I know so I don't go rambling on, you know. I was just getting ready to, Tom. I was letting oh, you finish good. that important sage point. Oh, yeah, that bush is pretty cool, yeah. Yeah, And uh, my neighbors, I always tell all my neighbors, hey, you need sage, come take whatever you want, because that bush is pretty big. Take whatever you want, you know. Hey, uh, you were in, speaking of eating turkey and ham and, uh, you know, for, for venison, boy, I'll tell you what, this year, the DNR, they really are pushing the CWD testing. And, you know, years ago, they just kind of said, well, if you want to get it tested, you can. Then they started, you know, kind of seemed to encourage it in certain areas. And now it just seems, man, I've gotten about my 10th email uh, from them about get tested and giving instructions and how to do it. So it seems like 
they're really, really trying to get, you know, in the past, it seemed like they were burying their head in the sand and they just, you know, see no evil, you know, don't, you know, didn't really want to pay much attention. Well, they just, they just didn't seem to be as interested as they are now, as far as really trying to, trying to find out and uh, the, the prevalence of it, but they're still not doing anything about it other than, other than just uh, canceling baiting in certain certain counties. So it'll be interesting to see what, if any, plan they really put into place. Yeah. You know, speaking of diseases, uh, now is the time of the year where uh, people get together for a lot of Christmas parties, you know. And I'll tell you, this year, you know, with, there's been that resurgence of the COVID variant, you know, you know, I mean, like in uh, Wisconsin and well, Milwaukee area, like 3,000 cases, you know, a day sometimes. And, uh, you know, my, one of my nieces, she has uh, a Christmas party on the Neubauer side, and one of my wife's sisters has one on my wife's side. And uh, we're not going to them. I mean, I, we don't want to take a chance. Uh, my brother Larry went to uh, a party. This it was a few months ago. He went to some party, and he ended up in the hospital for eight days, you know, with that COVID variant, even though he was vaccinated. And then, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, somebody else, uh, I just met a, a friend of ours from years ago. She was just in the hospital. She was at a, some, a party, and uh, she was in the hospital for 10 days. My, as a matter of fact, my, my son Nick and his wife, they had it again, too. They went to a wedding reception and got it. So, you know, it's like... My wife and I have decided we're not going to these parties this year. We're going to wait. Uh, we just don't want to take any chances, you know. So that's it. Oh, and speak and on the fishing side of it, my son Nick went to one of his uh, spots where he fishes and where he ice fishes and does very well. It's a shallow bay, and you can fish from shore there. So what he did is he went over there, and he thought, well, I'll make a few casts, see if there's anything there. He couldn't. It was frozen. So <clears throat> it start, <clears throat> the water is starting to freeze already. So, Well, I have not heard of anybody doing any ice fishing yet. No, no, uh, not yet. It wasn't frozen that hard. It was just like skim ice where he'd cast out and his lure would bounce on it. You know, <laughs> so, yeah, not yet. Not No ice fishing yet. So well, maybe so up north there is, you know. So typically, <clears throat> so typically... For early ice fishing, now your son does a lot of it, correct? Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah. Okay, what does he target first ice? Anything that bites, bluegills, crappies, northerns, bass. The, he, actually, the, where he fishes, he gets them all. He gets an occasional walleye. Um, and so he's basically fishing for the, for the crappies and the bluegills, basically. But he'll put tip-ups out for the northerns. You know, he'll jig for the crappies and bluegills and puts tip-ups out for the northerns and bass. So as far as uh, what type of water is he targeting? Is he just fishing shallows yeah. initially, bays, weedy bays, sand flats? What What's it's, the plan? shallow, weedy areas. You find the openings in the weeds, and it's roughly, you know, four to six feet, you know, depending, so four or five feet of water. Yeah, and, and actually, even in that shallow water, his locator... Uh, is extremely helpful, even in that shallow water. So, so as far as his locator, what's he just? Uh, 
Yeah, well, seeing where the fish are, if they're riding high or low in that. So, okay. Yeah. He says it's very helpful. Very has helpful. he gone? Has he gone to the? Uh, I think Garmin makes the live scope now for ice fishing. Has he gone no, gone to no, that yet? No, he's got the. I think he's got the Vexlar. Yeah, I think he's got one of the Vexlars. You know, I used the Vexlar for the first time in my life last year when I went with our friend Al Shook. And we went up and did the perch fishing uh, in North Dakota, and eh, we got some, but it wasn't. Uh, it, we as as usual, it was. We should have been there two two weeks before, uh, or the week before. But it was really interesting when they showed me how you could look and see your your jig, and you could also see the fish. Yeah. And it and you can see them coming up to it. And actually, the first time I saw someone do it, I was up up by that mouth of the Fox River. When I was uh, outside of Tilke, Smokey's on the Bay, setting tip-ups for Pike, and I watched uh, watched a young la- uh, young lad uh, show up. I think he was skipping his high school students, skipping school that day. I think it was the Appleton fishing team. There were a couple of them out there, and they were catching whitefish. And he showed me out on the screen. So I, I can see how a person how a person would really get into that. You know, if you are getting a bunch of perch or whitefish or whatever, it 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 did look like that was. Uh, it's like playing a video game, watching your bait and watching the fish come up and grab it. Yeah, I never, I never used it in shallow water, but I always used my locator in, you know, a little bit deeper water. You know, uh, anything over six feet, I would say. But if I was in water that was three, four, five feet, I never used it, and maybe I should have. You know, maybe I was missing something. <coughs> but in deeper water, it's awesome. Yeah, definitely. I'm curious if those guys who go to Lake Erie and ice fish and catch those giant walleyes through the ice, I'm curious, you know, I wonder if they use those. You know, sometimes I, I, I don't know. I think I've seen one of John Gillespie's shows where they were fishing a crack in the ice that where they didn't, I don't know if you remember that one, they didn't have to drill a hole. There was the, the ice was cracked and there was about a three-foot section of open water and uh, and along this long crack, and they were just fishing over that. I mean, it was thick ice, but they had this big crack in it, and they they were definitely not using locators. Okay. There were just so many walleyes there that I guess it didn't matter. Right. You know? And it's amazing how many walleyes are in Lake Erie, and you know it's like you can keep what is it a six fish limit every day. <laughs> they don't have a bag limit. You can keep them. Every day, you know, that you're there. It's un- unbelievable. They just have so many of them. So, oh, hey, we're way past the break time. Yep. You know, we, we get so involved in some of these topics that, you know, we forget. So we got to go to a quick break. Coming up next is the gut report. Nothing very interesting today, so we'll be right back, folks. Stay tuned. Come here. I'm going to eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly. The Gut Report is brought to you by Discount Liquor. Well, you know, folks, after Thanksgiving, it's tough to come up with a gut report because of a recipe because of the fact that there's so many things you can do with your turkey, and I know you already do it. I don't have to tell you all the different ways to do it. But I just wonder, what do you do with the neck, the heart, the liver, the gizzards? What do you do with that? Well, I'll tell you what I do. I boil that neck pull all the meat off, then I chop up the heart, the gizzard, the liver, chop that all up, and then I, I put a bunch of uh, Chinese spices and seasonings in it, and I add it to rice with soy sauce, 
and it's a whole different type of stuffing. <laughs> it is different. But if you want to do a little experimenting, try using that stuff once. You know, it's different. It, and who knows? You might come up with something really good or it might just end up in the garbage. Who knows, you know? Give it a shot. The Gut Report is brought to you by Discount Liquor, where you're going to find the best selection, service, and price at 51st in Oklahoma and Milwaukee and Main Street in Barstow and Waukesha. For weekly specials, go to DiscountLiquorInc.com. Knows, give it a shot. Welcome yeah. back to the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors. Hey, thanks for getting on board the crazy train today with us. I'm Dan Bush along with Tom Newbauer. We always take a moment to thank law enforcement officers, first responders, healthcare workers, military. Thank them for what they do. And we do back the badge. And uh, Tom, uh, you were, uh, as t- mentioned, we were talking about your son and ice fishing. How did he do on the big deer hunt this year? I think he ended up with two does in the freezer. So, and uh, uh, the last, oh, and the last time he went, um, let's see now. Yeah, when he went this past weekend, it was so weird because normally where they hunt in Marathon County, they see lots of deer and lots of, lots of doe, and there's a lot of smaller bucks, you know, racks, you know, and, and some decent one. His brother-in-law got a really nice ten-pointer, big, big, big wide rack. But for some reason, um, and that was the week before during bow season. But this, that first weekend of gun season, he didn't see a darn thing. Not a thing came through. And they, and and same thing with his brother-in-laws and his father-in-law. They couldn't figure out what happened. You know, where the heck were the deer? Uh, usually they're all over the place, but for some reason, this past weekend, you know, they just weren't there. So, well, at the seven at the seven o'clock hour hour uh, at the start of our second hour, I do have a deer hunting tale to tell myself. Yeah, yeah, because you, um, yeah, yeah. Now I will just uh, so I'll tell that story at the top of our second hour when listenership is higher. Everybody's out of bed. Um, but if anybody else has a uh, hunting report from your area, you want to give us a call. If you got back from the big hunt, got a story, 414-799-1250, give us a call. Or you can email us at ceoguys at yahoo.com. Overall, uh, our area, there were far less shots. We didn't see as many deer running around as, you know, out on the fields as in previous years, and in overhearing people talking in gas stations and restaurants and bars in the area people were kind of saying oh kind of quiet this year so that kind of the same theme that uh that your uh that your son kind of was talking about so i i don't think it's maybe deer numbers so much just maybe they just the movement maybe they just weren't out moving as much yeah. uh you know it, yeah, it, because, it's oh go ahead yeah go ahead I was going to say, yeah, during the bow season, he said they were all over the place, you know, and you had your pick of what to shoot. And last weekend, first week in a gun season, nope, not that way. So, I uh, I I noticed. Now I've had uh, I, I've talked at length about my spy point cameras that I 
camera that I set up for the bear hunting, and then I bought another one and set two up for deer season. And I noticed most of the deer activity as far as bucks and does moving. Uh, in, in particular, I had a uh, I had a camera on a rub, and there was one rub when I set it up, and then multiple rubs after that. In fact, I got a camera shot of a deer making a rub, but that became a real signpost. It was really eye-opening for me because bucks, um, virtually every deer that came through there would be sniffing around those rubs, both bucks and does. And I believe I've heard that when deer make a rub, that uh, that bucks have like some kind of scent glands on their head or something, and that they're, they're, it does leave some kind of a scent because both bucks and does would be sniffing around those rubs, and it was a real signpost. But most of the action that I saw was from October 23rd till November 4th. And after that, it dropped off precipitously, huh. if that's the correct word. So I don't know. And then I was checking records because I went up the following week, and yeah, I, I did a little scouting, and yeah, I sat for four or five hours and saw some does, but... Uh, Never got a shot at, at a buck, but I, the, the big buck that I shot with the crossbow, I, I, I checked my photo records, and it's dated October 28th, I believe, um, is when I have a picture of it, which means I shot it the day before, which means October 27th last year. So I'm thinking that last week of October next year is going to be the time that I'm going to target for bow or crossbow hunting. Yeah, um, like I know it's every year is different, I guess. Yeah, that's true. You know, the weather every year, it changes, you know, because we're in the middle of climate change. So it does change, right? You know, the climate does change. So we'll, we'll see what happens next year. You know, I mean, it's one of those things where, well, you've been hunting many, many years. And so you can kind of follow, you know, things you know, like with weather and all that stuff, you know, and when do you think it's going to be better than other times, you know, so you're probably right. more in tune than most ang- than most hunters, you know. You can tune a piano, but you can't tune a tune fish. A we got a caller, Tom. <laughs> yeah, who do we got? Let's go to Rich in Milwaukee. Hey, good morning, Rich. Hey, guys, a, a few things on, on uh, this year's deer hunt. Uh, Bush, I agree with you. I, I hunt in the Cedar, and the Big deer movement was at the end of October to maybe the first week of November. Um, gotcha. That definitely was true, and I could base that on, on trail camera photos where I had probably 30 to 40 deer in that time period and then only about 15 or, or 12 to 15 photos of deer after that November, uh, roughly November 8th or 9th. Right. And I passed up a lot of small bucks bull hunting. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you, you know, when you get older at this game, it's, it's kind of interesting. Um, I did have a nice eight-pointer on film that I believe I had on also last year, maybe 130-inch, 100, 135-inch yep. eight-pointer. And we went opening morning. We sat till about 10, then I went back to our trailer and uh, made chili for everybody that all that came in that, you know, it was kind of cold a little bit. Went back out about 1.30 and... I heard a deer walking behind me, and I looked, and here I believe it's that eight-pointer. And it's going to walk right into an opening I just created this year, uh, a lane, 20-yard lane. You know what? I don't know what happened, but I missed that deer. 
Really? I, 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 it's, 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 a, it's a mystery. And I had that scope on it, and it dropped down. It got up. It walked. It stopped. It walked. Stopped. And that whole time, <laughs> my spent shell was stuck next to the other shell to be ejected, and I could not budge him out of the area of the gun. And I, I could never get another shot at it. But that was oh kind my of gosh. bad. But um, it, it, it is what it is. What but, what uh, kind of uh... So the gun jammed. What kind of what kind of rifle do, were a, you using? It's a, it's a 783 Remington 243 bolt action. Okay. And it's just it's 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 what happened. I maybe I pulled that uh, ejected that shell too slow or something. But uh, that's the first time I've experienced something like that. But oh my gosh! Anyway, and the deer. So the opportunity the opportunity that I haven't seen for many many years on a nice buck with a rifle, I, I just couldn't I just couldn't get it done. Wow. Now, you said it dropped. Do you think you hit it, or, or what, what I, do you well, think? Well, no, there, there was no evidence of that, and I looked good. I looked good for an hour, and then I looked the next morning. Um, I think it was from the, the, the sound of the, the, the shot. Okay. You know, you might have whizzed, and, it, might and, have whizzed and, it past its ear. Right. You know, either that or maybe a 243 bounced off it. I don't know what. <laughs> wow. Well, geez. <laughs> Uh, Thanks for sharing yeah. this, sharing that ta your tale of woe, and uh, I predict you bounce back and get a ten pointer next year. Well, I'm going to muzzleload hunt next Tuesday. Okay. It's, uh, it's, I think it's a ten day season starting. I think it's November 29th to December uh, 10th, I believe. So I'm going to head okay. back up there. I'm going to head back up to Nasita next week, and then hopefully we can get her done. So I'll tell you what, uh, maybe. Just maybe, you might think it's unlikely, maybe you'll get a second chance at it because if you listen in the 7 o'clock hour, I got a story to tell about second chances. You know, and, and what's the other odd thing about that is all the time times I had that buck on film was always 1.30, 2.30 in the morning. All of a sudden it was there at 2 in the afternoon. And, and it was like meant for me, but like I said, I couldn't get it done. Guys, good program as always. All right, All right, take care. Thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Well, it's time, folks, for the Hornschwaggle. It's brought to you by Carl's Country Market out there in Menominee Falls on the corners of Silver Spring and Pilgrim Road. They got uh, all your uh, uh, international foods and that. They've got uh, award-winning sausages and different meats. It's, it's like a little grocery store out there. And, is for, of course, seafood as well, too. So if you want to give it a shot, which I would recommend, Carl's Country Market in Menominee Falls. But if you are a winner in the Hornschwaggle, we're going to send out a $10 gift certificate to Carl's Country Market. So if, if you haven't won in the last two months and you want to be a contestant, all you got to do is call 414-799-1250. Good luck. Welcome back to the wild and wacky walleyes cutting edge outdoors. Dan Bush along with Tom Newbauer. Sam, as usual, doing his excellent job as a producer on the boards. And right now we have our famous, and I mean famous with a capital F, Hornschwaggle segment. Who is our lucky contestant, Sam? Today we got Matt in Caledonia. 
Matt in Caledonia. How are you doing, Matt? Pretty good. How are you guys? Yeah, doing good. 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 Doing good. Did, did you go deer hunting, Matt? No, unfortunately, this year my family sold off our hunting land, so I didn't want to hunt on public ground, so I'm oh. going to lay low for this year. So. Yeah, geez. Oh, man, sorry to hear that. Uh, you know, it's you know, it's kind of kind of sad in a way you know i remember when when we first started hunting years ago uh my dad you know had the old farmer friends up in douglas county where we'd hunt and and uh, he later acquired land from that old farmer but it used to be that you could go to a national forest nicolay national forest uh and have some good deer deer success. Uh, you could stop and ask people, hey, my dad used to get permission to hunt all the time on farms. He'd see deer in fields. But nowadays it seems like it's, unless you own land or are friends with somebody who owns land, it's become more and more of a situation where uh, there's not as much opportunity as there used to be. Although, I, you know, there are still lots of public land available, but it, it just seems to be that uh, it, it's become a situation where the best... The people that get the best bucks are hunting on private land now. So, anyway, well, you know how this hornswoggle works, correct? Correct. Okay, so here we go. Being as we're talking about deer, uh, it still is the, the last weekend of the nine-day gun deer season. Um, deer, uh, antlers. They. It is said that if a deer has some damage done to its body, like gets hit by a car or something like that, it may affect their antler growth hornswoggle or no hornswoggle i would say no hornswoggle no hornswoggle yes there we go okay uh, does let's talk about female deer there are actually some does that actually think they are a buck and act like bucks and there's a name for them they are called dozars hornswoggle or no hornswoggle um i would say that's a hornswoggle. That's a hornswoggle. <laughs> what do you call them, Bushy? Dozars. Dozars. Dozars, yes. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. And, you know, and if, if they want to think they're a buck, that's perfectly fine. We'll let them be a buck. Okay, next one. Um, <laughs> white-tailed deer can't swim. Hornswoggle or no hornswoggle? That's a no hornswoggle. I don't know. Uh, that's a uh, that's a that is a horn swoggle, but you're still two out of three. Yes, white-tailed deer—they can swim quite well. Okay. Okay, that's what you meant. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they can swim. I've seen them swim before, my friends. Seen them go. Yeah, it's they. they I I think they've actually, from what I hear, I think their hair is hollow. Uh, I think their hair is. I think I've heard that. So they naturally have some buoyancy there. Because when you think about it, trying to swim with those those legs and hooves that's not exactly a flipper type of their, their feet aren't exactly flippers so they need every bit of help they can get i'm guessing when they swim they probably swim about like me and tom so anyway leave your uh name and address with sam i am and i'll get you a ten dollar gift certificate to carl's country market and get out there make good use of it super thank you so much all right take okay, care man right Okay. Yeah, you never know, Danny. Some of those uh, doe deer, you know, want to. Uh, um, what do they call? They want to. Uh, um, Dozars. You mean yeah, the Dozars? Yeah, there's a name. They want to identify as a male. They deer. identify <laughs> as a buck. But here's where they run into problems, Tom. 
when the mating season, well, there's a number of problems along those lines, but when they, uh, when they, when they, when the bucks square off and start fighting for the, for uh, territory and the rights to the does, you know, being as they don't really have any antler growth on their head, I, they're going to kind of get killed, I think. Yeah, they can get hurt pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I've never, I've never seen myself buck sparring and fighting, but m- many of my friends have. Many of my friends have during the rut. Um, it's seen them squaring off and sparring, and uh, yeah, um, I have seen. I've seen big bucks chase little bucks, and these were smart little bucks who didn't try fighting with the big guy. Like, yeah. they know who not to mess with. And uh, I saw a big 10-point uh, last year. In fact, I think it's the one I shot last year. I saw him on an adjacent field close by to where I ended up shooting him. And uh, I saw him on a field, and then a little buck kind of popped out of the woods, and then the big buck kind of got within, like, 30 yards of him and then just bolted after him and that little buck man i'll tell you what he beat a hasty retreat and took off high up into the ridge and gone right off that field so yeah it's kind of funny the big ones know who they are and the little ones know who they are where you get some tremendous battles is when you get two big ones neither of which thinks they're the little buck they both think they're the dominant and those are the ones that can get into the life and death struggles in fact uh, the cover of wisconsin outdoor news the latest edition that i just got uh has a uh, picture of uh two bucks they were locked together and uh apparently uh they were found in uh, a farmer in the town of brigham eastern iowa county november 13th found them one of them had died but the other one was still alive but you always hear those crazy stories of people the dnr warden have to shoot the antler to free uh, a buck that was alive? I, I haven't read the whole article, but I think you're right, because it yeah. says gunplay freeze, 10-point right. Iowa County locked up. So they probably, probably, I guess, once they get them locked up, the craziest story, craziest story, and then we got to go to break. And like I said, I'll have my deer hunting tail after our short 7 o'clock break. Craziest story was years ago, a bow hunter, late season, got charged by a big buck and he ducked behind a tree, and when it ran by, he put an arrow in it, but it had the detached head of another big buck stuck in its rack, and it was like in front of its head, blinding him so he couldn't wow. see. And in the neck, it, it looked like that buck had actually decapitated the other deer with its hooves, where it must have just kept working and grinding and grinding, where it actually decapitated the other deer. You want to talk about a struggle and will to live. It's just simply, I had to have a hard time cutting the neck of a big buck with a saw. I mean, just incredible. That would be, you know. Yeah, in fact, the guy, I think, was going to get it. I forget what county that was in Wisconsin. Some of our listeners may remember this story. It was in the papers or magazines. I think he was going to get them mounted both like together, you know, locked together. Wow. So what wow. a crazy story. So yeah, yep. it is. Well, we're going to go to the top of, the top of the hour break, folks. And when we come back, Bushy's got some stories for you. We got a lot more to talk about. So if you got any comments or questions, it's 414-799-1250. Or you can always email us live at ceoguys at yahoo.com. We'll be right back, folks. Stay tuned. The following is paid commercial programming. 
The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Odyssey Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi, and every river, lake, and field in between, let's talk everything outdoors. All aboard! <laughs> You're on the crazy train! All aboard! <laughs> Welcome to the Wacky Walleye Cutting Edge Outdoor Show. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on 1250 AM, The Fan. Well, that's right, folks. You know, the crazy train used to be a lot crazier when our friend John Lehman was around. But we still get a little wacky once in a while, a little run off the rails once in a while. But be assured that our train runs through the whole state of Wisconsin. And if you want to get in touch with us during our show, all you got to do is call us at 414-799-1250 or email us live at ceoguys at yahoo.com. He's Dan Bush, I'm Tom Neubauer, and Sam Schmitz is on the board, and I guess we got a caller right away. Yep, let's go to Ted in Milwaukee. All right, good morning, Ted. Morning, Tom, morning, Dan. What's up? Morning, Ted. Yeah, it went... Uh... Gun hunting also last weekend, and up in Marathon County, same thing, but all I saw was uh, four does, didn't have a shot at any of them, but uh, for bow hunting, I had this 10-pointer in my sights, and uh, took a shot. By the time I got the cap back on the bottle and picked up my bow, it was gone. <laughs> all right, say that again. I had a 10-pointer in my sight. You got a cap back on your bottle? Oh, bottle. I get it. I took a shot. Took oh, a shot. Got it. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. No, actually, I didn't get anything for bull hunting either. But uh, you're you're a regular comedian there. <laughs> See, Tom and I are slow this time in the morning, Ted. But I'll tell you what, that's yeah. better than any of Tom's jokes. Oh, cut it out now. Well, Tom has the fun. worst jokes there, are, and then here. then he laughs at him. He laughs at hey, his own jokes like they're here. funny. Here's well, at least somebody's one. laughing at him. No, no I right. forgot. What, what's your name again? Ted. Ted. Ted, okay, Ted. Here, here's one for you. Yeah, Ted, that was a great joke. You know, you're, 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 you're. We're gonna start calling you Butter because you're on a roll. Ah, good one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got a joke for you. Oh, right. dear hunt. This is kind of a bad one in bad taste, but who cares? That's that's what our show's all about—bad taste. So these two. Oh, geez. Now I can't even use any kind of an ethnicity for the joke like I heard it years ago. We used to have certain ethnicities that you'd make make jokes about. Like in Duluth, they'd say the two Finlanders. But I can't. I don't think I can say that. So we'll just skip that part. Oli and Sven? Oli and... Oli and Sven? Yeah. Oli and Sven were out hunting, and Oli accidentally shot one of their other friends for the party. They rushed him to the doctor, and they asked the doctor. He goes in, doctor comes out. They say, is he going to make it? And he says says to him, well, no, but he would have if you hadn't dressed him out. So. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, there's 10,000 comedians out of a job, and we're trying to be funny. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing here. Poor, I should be in Hollywood. Uh, Ted, I don't know, Ted. You started something this morning. I don't oh, know. God. <laughs> All right, well, you guys have a good day. Hey, you All right, take buddy. care, Ted. <laughs> oh, brother. That's pretty good. Now, you you had, you were up okay. hunting. You, you so here's, here's the story. Um, before I went hunting, 
you remember we had uh, Tom Pippen on our radio show uh, yeah. way back when, and so I, I go visit with Tom now and then, him and his friend Bruce, who I've taken out fishing. We've done some musky fishing and go to uh, lunch occasionally. Well, his friend Bruce, in honor of my brother Tim, uh, gave me a rosary candle with my brother's name on it. And so I, I, I googled it, what, because I'm not Catholic, what are rosary candles for? So this is what I came up with. It says, lighting a prayer candle symbolically calls on the guidance of whatever symbol or saint is featured on the candle. That's what it says. Uh, and then once it says here, one purports to help you find a date. Well, I don't need no help with that. Another will guard your health. A third will help you get that raise. Well, I'm retired. But anyway, that was just kind of one of the definitions that I found. So, you know, symbolically calls on the guidance of whatever. So I thought that was real nice of him, thoughtful of him to do that. So before I left for deer hunting, I took the candle. And as I was packing up my final gear, I lit the candle with my, you know, brother's name on it, put it underneath the 10-point buck that I have and kind of symbolically let that burned for about half an hour and when I was ready to go I, I knelt down and I said a kind of a silent prayer just asking for God's blessing and safety on the trip and blew the candle out and left and let me tell you Tom I think my brother was an angel on my shoulder I got up there my plan was to sit where I shot the big buck last year on the field which <clears throat> you know for 50 years I've been deer hunting hoping and praying, sitting on fields from Wisconsin to Michigan to Minnesota by swamps and ridges, and never, ever would a big buck step out onto the field uh, until last year, right before dark, that big 10-point stepped out, and I was lucky enough to get that. So uh, this year, you know, I'm a little melancholy as far as the hunting, you know, with my brother being gone. He was my main hunting buddy, so I really didn't care what happened this year. I was just happy to get out and do some hunting, hope to get me. I was going to take a decent buck or a big doe, get some meat. So no real high expectations. But I was going to sit from 3 to 5 o'clock uh, after the show yesterday because it's about a three-hour drive up there. So got up about 2 o'clock to the motel, got my gear. I'm driving down the road at 2.30, and as I approach the, the farm where I'm going to hunt, I look up high under the field in the ridge line where I'm going to be sitting on a field, and son of a gun, if I don't see a deer stepping out of the woods onto the field. And I'm like, doggone it, I'm late. They're already going to be out there. So what can you do, right? So I get to the, get to the uh, farm and change into, put, put my final clothes on and load up the rifle. And yeah, it's about 20 minutes later when I'm going to get out there. So there's kind of a hill that I have to climb before I get to uh, where I can see the field. And knowing that the, a deer may possibly still be out there, I kind of crouched down, hunched down, and snuck to the top. And as I peered over the top of that hill, I couldn't believe it, Tom. There, standing in the middle of the field, is the biggest buck I've ever seen in my life. It was standing there, facing the other direction, about 100 yards away, uh, like it was posing for an outdoor magazine. And I immediately dropped to my stomach. Uh, and, 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 and before I did that, there was another buck and another doe went running past the big buck and they kind of ran off to my left. So again, I immediately dropped to my stomach and I'm like, oh my God. 
So I start crawling. I do the G.I. Joe crawl. I'm crawling with my rifle like I'm an army man, and I crawl up about 10 yards, and I try and put the scope up, and all I can see is alfalfa in the, in the scope. I got to crawl a little bit further and get more over the crest so I can get that buck in the scope. So I crawl another 10 yards, and now I get him in the scope. I'm out of breath. I'm huffing and puffing. He's walking broadside. He's in the scope, but I still have a little bit of alfalfa in the a little bit of grass because I'm laying flat down. I didn't have a duffel bag or anything to get my rifle on, so it's pretty awkward. And I'm trying to to swing my rifle, but when you're laying flat, and I wasn't. I, I mean, the crosshairs were on this thing, but I wasn't steady. And now he's he's steadily disappearing as he goes down another incline where he's kind of disappearing. So. I want him to stop, so I, I, I make I make kind of make a yell or a yelp. I'm hoping he freezes, but he doesn't. He disappears. And then I look up, and what I did alert by making that yelp was the other little buck and doe, because they're staring a hole in me from about 80 yards away, and I'm like, uh-oh, I've been busted. They bolt off. They run a couple hundred yards up to the ridge line, into the woods, and disappear. And then when I tiptoe, you know, about another where I can kind of peek over the hill and around the corner to see if that buck is still anywhere to be seen, he's gone. So I know when those other ones ran, he, they spooked him out too. So now I'm sick. I'm like, I can't believe I just about walked up on the biggest buck in my life I had him. So now I'm kind of kicking myself that I didn't shoot. You know, I, I had him, I could have shot and hit him, but I mean, he was moving. I couldn't get steady. I didn't feel good about the shot because I something like this, you want to make sure you, you don't blow it. So now I, I almost turned around and went back home. I, I thought, that's it. You're done. You lost your chance. But then I thought, you know, that buck never saw me. He just ran when those other deer ran. He never scented me. The wind was right. So I thought, what the heck? So I went into my stand. And, uh, and of course, I'm still kicking myself that I didn't get out there a half hour earlier because it would have walked right out to me. But I decided I might as well stick it out till dark. So I couldn't believe it because at about 4.30, I look across the field and there's big doe out on the field. And then about within 30 seconds, I see something big and black moving behind it in the woods. I put the scope up and there he is. He's standing back in the woods and he's staring right at me. And all I could see was rack. And I was pretty well concealed though. He didn't, you know, he looked in my direction, but... He, he walked on out, put his head down into the alfalfa, and he's standing five yards away from where I shot the 10-pointer last year. And this time, it, I didn't wait. Uh, I didn't wait for a broadside shot. I didn't wait. He was facing me with his head angling, eating, kind of angling, but I could just see his right shoulder. And I got steady on that shoulder, and I thought, I ain't. One thing went through my mind. Uh, shoot, shoot, shoot. <laughs> so I... Uh, Squeezed off the shot, and I got him. And he's a monster. I can't believe it. I shot him, and he ran up. He disappeared up the ridge, and then I, was, I wasn't I was even sure I'd hit him, but I went back to the truck, come with my flashlight, shined it up there, and there he was laying 20 yards in. All I could see was his head and rack as it, it was laying facing downhill. And I, unbelievable. How, how I got a second chance at that buck, I don't know. But like I said, my brother was an angel on my shoulder, and that was the good news. The bad news is I'm going broke <laughs> at taxidermy fees. My, oh, I, oh. I, left with, I left with $680 cash in my pocket, and that was gone in three days. So, 
One week of deer hunting cost me $1,000. I don't know how. Wow. How many points was it? Well, here's the deal. Uh, my buck last year had split you know, crab claw kind of at the end of each, each tine, which made it the perfect 10. This one only had one, one side split, so this one's actually a nine-pointer, but it's much bigger than the one I shot last year. It's a big, heavy, heavy, thick rack. Wow. Um, yeah, uh, un- unbelievable. And I, you know, I got a trail cam up on the ridge where last year, after the gun season, I actually discovered that I did have a trail cam picture of my 10-point um, a month before I actually shot it, but I'd never actually even see- checked that trail cam till after season. Uh, this year, I got the trail cam in real time, and I never even got that buck on the trail cam. I, I might have got him once. I got a blurry kind of a dark nighttime picture uh, that I couldn't see the whole thing. Maybe it might have been him, but I had no idea a buck of that stature was over there. And I can't believe two years in a row, man. I've been on a, I've been on a roll like you like you wouldn't believe from the big one I got with the crossbow to the one I shot with the rifle last year to the 14 and a half pound walleye that I got this spring and now this buck I'll tell you what retirement's been good so far yeah it sure sounds like it wow yeah so then uh so then uh I uh I hunted the the rest I left I came back yesterday and my friend's son Stephen he shot a nice buck yesterday morning that uh uh, it's kind of a neat story. He I, he he texted me and said he shot up on a, at a, what he thought was a big doe, but a, he uh, w- he wasn't sure if he hit it. He couldn't find blood, so I went over to him and we walked up the ridge and and there's he he looks and he's kind of in shock. He goes, "There's a buck laying here," and he was kind of in shock. And, and I walked over and sure enough, he uh, he shot a buck, a nice buck, a nice eight pointer. I got to call him today because he did call me last night, and I think he took a shot at another one up there. Now his father, you know, his father, you know, my old hunting partner, normally he'd be up there, but he had to go back for Thanksgiving, and uh, never ever has he done that. But I found out, Tom, he's got a new girlfriend. So he went, and yeah, oh, yeah, leave your son for Thanksgiving and go see the girlfriend. So now oh, I know yeah, why. I now I know why he hasn't been returning my calls all these weeks when I'd ask him about hunting when I'd normally talk to him ten times. He's preoccupied. Yeah, he's busy with the girlfriend. Yeah, he's he's like the old buck tending the doe now. So yeah, <laughs> he's locked down. <laughs> uh, I hope he doesn't listen to the show. Yeah. I won't mention his name, but he knows who he is. That's all right. Well, listen, we gotta we got to go to a break. Uh, we, we'll be right back in just a little bit. If you've got any uh, uh, hunting stories, if they're as good as Danny's, we definitely want to hear them, you know. But any hunting story is good. So we'll be right back, folks. Give us a call. We'll see you. Welcome back to the Wacky Walleyes, Cutting Edge Outdoors. I'm Dan Bush along with Tom Newbauer. And Tom, during the break, I my phone, I can't answer the phone without 
taking this app off, so I want I I don't take any calls during the show, but I think my buddy was trying to call me. I think he is listening, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, all he can do he can call the show though. Four one four. Oh no! Don't give him any ideas. No, don't oh, no. take any calls, Sam. <laughs> oh, say less. Hey, Sam, I got a question for you. On your betting show, did you talk about the Packers this weekend? Wait, what? On your betting show? It wasn't a betting show. Well, I know it was. I know, but <laughs> when I listened to it, you were talking about betting. Did you guys touch on the Packers? Uh, yeah, we did like a full like two-hour prediction, you know, or preview and all that. And what's the prediction? Uh, I got the Packers losing this one, uh, twenty to seventeen. I just think, especially losing your second-best offensive lineman, you're still without Bakhtiari. I just don't see how you know they can get it done with against Aaron Donald, Von Miller, and Leonard Floyd on that front line. And then you know the Packers lately, every week they've just been struggling on offense to start the game, slow starts and all that. I don't think you can afford to do that this week. And, and Matt Stafford, uh, he, he seems to carve them up every year. Well, I'm glad that you, um, you're you one of the few that actually like believe in Matt Stafford because everybody, everybody's got this notion that, you know, watching him in Detroit over the last couple of years, they think that the guy can't get it done in big games. And I think people forget that it's actually a team sport. It's exactly. not just on one guy. It's a team sport, but I'll tell you what, he's a heck of a good quarterback. Oh, yeah. He puts up the numbers. He yeah. does. He just doesn't – in Detroit, he didn't have a supporting cast. That's all. Right. Adrian Amos said it best, uh, Packers safety. He's like, Matt Stafford's always been good. He just played for Detroit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's too bad. And, you know, and, and, it, and I think the game boils down to which defense shows up. If the defense of last week shows up, the Packers are going to lose. If the defense uh, that played the three weeks before last week, oh, they might win. You know, so. Yeah, and I think they played pretty well last week, all things all things considered, with Rashawn Gary being out. But, man, there's just a couple of plays in that game last week for the defense where, you know, things just go slightly wrong and all of a sudden it's the end of the world. Like, you remember that Rasul Douglas uh, almost interception last week in the final drive? Yeah. If the guy turns his head just a millisecond earlier, maybe he gets the, you know, maybe he swats it down or something like that. Just yep. little mistakes that cost him in that game. Yeah, well. Let's hope that there's no little mistakes this week. No, so. certainly can't afford to this week. Yeah, we'll see. So, Danny, did you hear of any other uh, hunting stories? Any other, other hunting stories? I haven't really talked to a whole lot of a uh, whole lot of my buddies lately. Um, uh, so I don't know. I don't know. A lot of people they're still up, and there's still uh, well, actually, uh, there were a couple uh, a deer shot right around uh, right close around where I live here. Uh, it's shotgun. Yeah. Uh, one buddy of mine, Mike got a, I think he got a, my buddy, Mike, he shot the big 10 pointer with the bow, the big trophy that he got mounted last year. He got, uh, he got a six point with the shotgun. He shot it at about 125 yards. And you know, these new shotgun, you know, shotgun hunting, slug hunting, isn't what it was when you and I were kids, Tom, where all we, uh, all we had was, uh, you know, you just took your bird gun and you threw a slug in there yep. and you looked at the bead and if you could hit a tree at 20 yards, good enough, right? And then <laughs> and you went out. Now they got them with scopes, bolt action, and they make, uh, Hornady makes these SST slugs uh, that are like 2,000 feet per second. And you can shoot out to 200 yards. And 
he made a shot. He dropped one in its tracks at 125 yards, just dropped it. Yeah, uh, totally different than what it was years ago. Totally. And, uh, and another friend of mine shot real close by here. He shot a, uh, he shot a buck, a uh, nice buck. Um, not a monster, but a, a nice eating, eating, eater buck. He shot one about like that with his crossbow. Interesting story on that one, though. He initially couldn't find it, and it was dark. He knew he hit it, uh, and it was pretty thick stuff, I guess. So his mother-in-law, of all people, said, well, why don't you take my dog? And I don't even know what kind of dog. It's like a little, it's a little flu-flu dog. It's a little house dog, right? It's probably the type of small dog that Dan Bush doesn't like, right? Uh, I shouldn't say that, you know. shouldn't judge a little dog before I meet it. But most little dogs are yappers, and I don't like yappers. But amen. anyway, what's that, Sam? I said amen. Amen, right? Hey, don't, uh, doesn't that bother you? Oh, my. Nothing would be worse than going to pick up your girlfriend and her dog, who's mentally challenged, barks and at you and growls just like it did the year you year before when you first met it. Like it doesn't recognize you. Just oh, I hate him. But anyway, let's not get sidetracked, Sam. So anyway, he took they took the little flu flu dog out and he took it over to where he shot at it. It picked up a scent and took it took him straight to the deer, 50 yards away. Let him straight to it. Snit nose to the ground. Couldn't believe it. So, you know, I know they have dogs that they train for that. And you normally think of like a lab or something like that. But uh, amazing, I guess. All dogs have a good sense of smell, I'm guessing. Yeah, I I, I think they do. I think even if it's a little floo-foo. I remember uh, before I met my wife, uh, I went over to see this girl. I had gone out with her once and... uh, I, this second time, though, I had to go and pick her up at her house. So I went to her house. I went inside, and she had one of those, or they had one of those little flu flu dogs. Yeah, stupid little dog jumped, started humping my leg. So, <laughs> so, so I, I'm kicking it, right? I'm kicking it to get in the way. Now it's now it's growling at me, you know. Now it's mad, <laughs> you know. And that at that, oh, I never went into that house again. Jeez. Matter of fact, I never saw the girl again either. I don't think she liked it when I was kicking her dog. So the closest, the closest you got to yeah. having sex yeah. with the, with her was when his, her dog humped your leg. Yeah, exactly. God, I hate, I hate that. that <laughs> yeah, those damn little flu flu dogs. I, <laughs> what is it about a guy's leg that? Those yeah. dogs like anyway. Yeah, I don't know. Those dogs are goofy. I don't know. I you don't never know. see them. I don't think I've ever seen them jumping on a girl's leg. Why? Why do no, they I just? I don't think so. I don't think I have. No. Well, it's, any, well, it's, it's, again, there's something funny about short. those dogs. There's something wrong with those. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's something wrong with them. Is right. So. I think they saw the latest GQ article. With Tom Newbauer in his uh, apron. Well, that would turn any any dog on. <laughs> And by the way, my apron is black. Is it black? Yeah. Whoa. I have an wow. It's black. Do you wear a black? Do you wear a black patch on your eye too? <laughs> no. And and it's uh, it's uh, one from uh, uh, Weber. It says Weber on it. Yeah. From Weber. Weber Grills. You know, I think we we're onto something. You've heard of a porch pirate. You could be the kitchen pirate and start your own TV show. There you go. He, and he's the guy who wears 
the black apron with yeah. the black patch on his eye. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I could be the, the pirate, yeah. Straight from well, the deadbeat's kitchen. Well, I could also be the guy that announces the next commercial, too. Oh, we got to go to break. Yeah, so we got to do that. Yeah, so uh, Sam, take it away. We'll be right back. Take it away. (laughs) Welcome back to the Wacky Walleyes. Cutting Edge Outdoors. This song, Tom, reminds me of my college days. I... I had a college roommate who was a paranoid schizophrenic. He'd gotten discharged from the Air Force, I believe, and he was truly crazy, and I I used to sing this song. I'd sing, schizo on the highway, put him under pressure, light your room on fire, because he tried to light the room on fire one time. Yes, yes, he put some strips of something under the door. He thought we were after him, and... uh, well, we, maybe we were. We were trying to break down the door. and uh, We used to have something called Mystery Mattress where guys would break down your door in college and they'd throw a mattress on top of you and then 20 guys would jump on top of the mattress. I'm surprised nobody ever sm- got smothered or died, but my roommate at the time, he was ready to burn. The, he was going to burn the place before Mystery Mattress would get him. I don't blame him. Maybe he you can wasn't see- so crazy. Well, you can see why I'm such a big success when you look back to my college days and how serious I took everything. Yeah. Uh, you know, the I, worst... was just, I was just thinking during the commercial break, we haven't heard from our Boulder Junction connection in quite a while. Well, I you mean, know, he's either hunting or he's like my buddy's got a new girlfriend shopping. You know, he's well, doing the Black I, Friday thing. Well, I'm going to have to give him oh, a Oh, wait, call. Dennis is married. Uh, yeah, he's married. Well, I you might have a girlfriend, too. i got to give him a call to see if everything's okay up there. I hope he's okay. I uh, I'd be looking forward to getting an ice fishing report from him. Yeah, because I'll I'll bet money they got. I I bet you there's guys fishing up north now. I I you yeah. know I've heard stories of guys that opening weekend they would uh a combination fish and deer hunt. Yes. Where exactly. they'd go, they, you could actually set up some tip ups in a shallow bay. And actually go sit in a tree right by it, and or stand and hunt deer and fish at the same time. Yep, exactly. Right. Yeah. So, so um, yeah. So I'm going to have to find out what's the matter with Dennis. See why he hasn't called in a while. I hope he's hope he's okay. Well, you know, he's I, I, he keeps telling us, Tom, we we we're, we got we're supposed to go up there and visit visit him sometime. Yeah. yeah. Just well, think, you know, Tom. This will this will sway you. You might even get a free breakfast out of it. Because oh, yeah, I yeah, would maybe. go to breakfast and buy for all of you guys. Maybe. You know, when we used to do the show from the studio, um, well, that's right. They didn't have the sports show at State Fair Park the last couple of years. Have they? Oh, yeah, I don't. In 2020, they didn't. And in 2020. 20- well, you mean the Journal Sentinel sports yeah, show? Yeah, yeah. You know, everybody I talk to, yeah. and our listeners will agree, I know they're nodding in agreement, that that old Sentinel Sports Show was truly tremendous when it was downtown. There was something yep. special about it when it was in that venue. And yeah. it just isn't the same since they moved that. No, it's not. It's not. And as a matter of fact, before COVID hit, 
there were, you know, a lot of the reps couldn't afford to go to the show, and that well, that's why they uh, shortened it years ago to from ten days to five days. It was just getting too expensive. But the problem was is that when they shortened it from ten days to five days, the cost of the booth stayed the same. In other words, they doubled the price on the booth when they dropped it to five days. So if you were paying, let's say, let's say you were paying a thousand dollars when it was a ten day show you were still paying $1,000 for the five-day show. And so many reps just really just couldn't afford to pay that kind of money, you know, with the food and the lodging and travel and all that and the expense that uh, they just stopped going to a lot of these shows. So now a lot of these shows, except for maybe the Madison show, you know, you end up with, uh, you know, people selling houses and cars and dog walkers and, you know what I mean? Everything else under the sun, but fishing and hunting stuff. So, but at huh. least the Madison Fishing Expo, that one still holds the line. You know, to when it comes to who can come in and you know set up a shop. You know, they. Well, they, you know, they, all I got to say, Tom, is just like our politicians are telling us, Americans just have to get used to paying more and like it. So yeah, exactly. That's the, hey, I think we got a caller. Okay, good. Let's go to Leo in Wasaki. Leo! Hey, Leo. Hey, hi, guys. Hey, we're good. What's up? Amen on that deer hunting story, Dan. Wow! Yeah, I was a lucky guy. Yeah, I actually just put my rosary on. Did you? (laughs) I did. I'm looking at it right now. Hey, Leo, it doesn't hurt to have a little extra help. Amen. Say, Dan, go to Catholic Church tomorrow morning. You should. Well, you know, I'm not Catholic, Tom. I mean, Leo or Tom and Leo, but you know, I but you know, I, I actually it doesn't matter what denomination you go to, it's what's in your heart, but uh maybe I will go to church tomorrow. Um yeah. Yeah. And For unless, sure. Yeah. Say, unless I my... unless I go take a shotgun and try and shoot a deer around here. Yeah, I'll play my brother's house across the road from him. He lives on a gravel road. The uh this guy that owns a bow and arrow manufacturing company, I think it's in Stratford or Spencer, one of the two, <clears throat> but he got a cross the road for my brother. He got this giant 14 pointer. I'm telling you, it fills the whole back of the pickup truck. Nice. Nice. Yeah, He's wow. with the compound boat <clears throat> two weeks ago. Yep. 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 Was- I'll, I'll tell you what, Leo, uh, we had one of our callers earlier and he agreed as well that those bucks really seemed to be moving in the end of October through the first week of November. That's when people were seeing a lot of deer. And now, gun season, I'm not hearing great, you know, as far as numbers from people. Everybody's kind of saying the same thing. They're seeing deer, but they weren't moving like they were then. So I guess he got it at the right time there, buddy. Yeah, well, last, last Sunday, my brother hears a, like five blast shots. And he walks outside and looks down that gravel road, and he sees these guys throwing something in the back of their uh, pickup truck. So he jumps on the ATV and goes down there. Well, they're gone by then. Another big buck. They cut the head off of it, threw it in a pickup truck, and left and left the deer's body there. You're uh, kidding? Oh yeah, I terrible. should send you the photo. I should send you the photograph. It looks terrible. So, so terrible. that you just found the decapitated body of the deer. And they took 
the head. I don't. I, he and he. I. I. I'm, I'm assuming he. He was. He, he didn't get a license plate or anything. I'm guessing. No. Um, nope. Nope. Did he call um, the DNR? The DNR tip line with a description of the vehicle. No, he didn't. That's that's. I mean, he, odds he odds would play. be pretty. It'd be pretty. You'd likely never find him, but yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. But uh, bad. Right. a lot of violators in that area where he lives. Yeah, That's you know, it's, uh, it, in fact, it's funny, I got the copy of Wisconsin Outdoor News, and it says, call or text your tip to turn in poachers, 1-800-847-9367, and if you can't remember the numbers, it's just 1-800-TIP-WDNR. So the way you remember it is 1-800, and then think about something Tom never does, tip, and then WDNR, and that's how you... Sorry, Tom, just kidding, buddy. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, sorry, I can't do it. Leo, you see what I got to put up with? He's got to oh, put yeah. up with well, this. Yeah, that's a, another question. Uh, Tom, when you're wearing your apron and your shorts, do, do you shave your legs? No. <laughs> no. He gets that funny. done at... Hey, he, Leo, you're not funny now. It's called Casa Granda, Leo. Casa Granda. That's, he does it when he gets his back waxed there, too. Yeah, yeah. And then another thought. Wonder, Dan, why don't you do the show from up north last Saturday instead of driving back and forth? Well, uh, you know, I don't know. It, well, it depends on cell reception and stuff like that. I use this app, and I think if I did it, they'd have to connect me do some other kind of connection. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but, you know, it's always yeah. good. It's always good to see. You know what? It's funny. You mentioned that, Leo. Uh, I woke up last night at about 3 o'clock, and I opened my eyes, and I looked at the walls, and three three words went through my mind. Where am I? <laughs> where am I? Because I'm trying to remember where I'm at. And I'm thinking, hotel, Sparta. No, no, home, home. This is my, my. Then I looked at... I felt my beautiful my pillow under my head. And let me tell you, I'm a big believer in my pillow, my friends. I got not one, I got two of them. You get a good deal. Watch Fox News. They'll give you your code. You can get king size, $29.98. And my pillow right. doesn't even advertise here. But once I saw my pillow, I knew where I was. I was home, sweet home. Always good to be home. What, what, what rifle were you using? Well, uh, our good friend, Tom, uh, I'm going to have to send him an email with a picture of the buck. He uh, he was a, a a hero. He served in Vietnam, and uh, I had a brand new 270 last year that I thought that'd be the only rifle I'd ever shoot deer with again because it's so nice. That was a Browning X-Bolt. But Tom uh, offered me a great deal on a on a brand new Kimber 306. The recoil, his doctor told him he needs to shoot a, a rifle that recoils. Um, uh, less and uh, at first it's funny Leo I wasn't going to buy it because I've got a 306 pump but when I called my brother Tim he said prophetic words he said you know he said one thing about dad he said anytime he saw a not good deal on a gun he bought it whether he needed it or not and then I hung up the phone and I thought yep I'm going to have to buy that from Tom and I did and he gave me a great deal he gave me some nice Nosler AccuBond ammo and I got a nice Leopold uh custom scope with the custom dial that you can dial the yardage and i thought you know in honor of him i got to use this to shoot something with it little did i know what i would shoot with it so i shot that buck and then uh, i let my buddy's son steven use it 
he took one shot, shot a doe with it on a drive on Thursday, and then yesterday he shot again, second shot, shot a nice eight-point buck. So three shots, three deer. It's on a roll there, Leo. Amen, brother. Wow. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. Nice. All right. We'll see you in church tomorrow. Second All right. on the right by a big window. Sounds good, buddy. All right, Leo. Thanks for calling. Well, you know, Dan, when you said about not letting a good deal go by on a gun, I feel the same way about fishing stuff. Yeah, well, that's true. Although I'm to the point now with both fishing and hunting stuff that, of course, I said this before I bought that rifle, I've got everything I need. I do not need another rod and reel. I do not need another gun, firearm, or shotgun. But, you know, I do have my eyes on a nice, I think it's called Franke, Franke, it's their uh, Affinity, Franke Affinity, uh, it's a 20 gauge, like an eight, nine hundred dollar shotgun that just points. I saw it at Midwestern Shooter Supply. Dang, that light little 20 gauge would be nice, so I wouldn't have to lug my big old 12 gauge pump around. I'm getting old, you know. So I'm thinking I'll find an excuse to buy that at some point, although I'm out of money right now. So. Yeah, my wife many... always says I don't need any more fishing equipment, but you know I probably don't, but. Like like I said, I can't pass up a good deal. So yeah, it, you know it's okay to have some spares. You know, I mean, I, ta- I got about thirty of them. So and and, and before we go to break, <laughs> uh, I just talked to a, a neighbor, uh, a guy who has a farm up there where I was hunting, and talking to him, and we were talking guns, and he's showing me his new single shot thirty oh six, and last year he had a three hundred wind mag. He he told me that we we're talking about getting too many guns, and he said that for every five guns he bought, he'd have to buy his wife another horse. So they got five horses now. Oh, my God. <laughs> I said, well, that's 25 guns. He goes, oh, no, there's more than that. He goes, she just don't know. <laughs> we didn't need a sixth horse. <laughs> yeah. You can't, yeah, you can't tell the missus everything. My goodness. Nah, nah. All right. Well, listen, we got one more break to do, the last break of the show, folks. So stay tuned. Dan Bush and myself, Tom Neubauer. Got uh, one last uh, ride around the rodeo here, so stick, stay tuned. We'll be right back. It's the final countdown. The final countdown. Welcome back to the final segment of the Wild and Wacky Cutting Edge Outdoors. Hey, thanks to everybody out there listening either live or listening to us later on today or tomorrow online. Uh, for those of listeners who don't know, you can always just Google Cutting Edge Outdoors 1250 and go on. You can, uh, you'll find the site and you can click on Hour 1, Hour 2. And I believe Sam normally gets our, gets our stuff up and running uh, shortly after our show's done on Saturday morning. So uh, you can listen then. And uh, we got people in lots of different states listening. It's amazing, Tom. Sometimes the people that I bump into that say they listen to the show, we do appreciate it. And uh, if you do enjoy the show, we've got a lot of great sponsors. We appreciate you uh, giving them your business. We've got a lot of good family-owned businesses that uh, are our sponsors, and uh, we appreciate them. Yeah, well said. That's right. Well said. Yeah, we do We do have a lot of people who listen to our show on the podcast because you know, they might be working Saturday morning or they're just plain old sleeping, you know, and, but they want to listen to it. So 
later on in the week as they're going about their their daily stuff, you know, they, they just turn it on the podcast, and that's great. I guess you use your ear, what do they call it, earbuds? You know, stick those in your ear while you're doing whatever. Yeah. So. Tom, you don't have any earbuds, I'm thinking. No, no. No, no. I mean, I can you, understand uh, it. How, how people can put those things in their ears while they're driving and listening to stuff while they're driving with those earbuds in, doesn't it, like, like not allow you to hear what's going on around you, like maybe a siren or somebody beeping their horn or something? Who? Who? Who, who needs to hear any sounds going around, Tom? Uh, yeah, yeah, just uh, people, uh, they don't care. They're, yeah. I, but I'm thinking of you, Tom. You probably still got a Walkman with a cassette tape player with you that you take when you go for your morning walk around the house. Uh, no, don't have that anymore. I had one years ago. Years ago. <laughs> Did I, you really? Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, no, it didn't have a cassette. It had a CD. It had a you Walkman had a, with a CD in it. Yeah. A CD? Yeah. Wow. And did you did you go for walks? Uh, some exercise. I I wouldn't call them walks. I'd be in the garden, right, okay, doing things, you know, like that. So as a matter of fact, I gotta rake some leaves today. Today's the last day of leaf pickup, and there's a few around the bushes out in the front yard that I gotta get rid of. La, la, last day of leaf pickup is that the neighborhood thing? Last day they let you oh, guys in, know in, leaf picked well, up today in the city of Wauwatosa. Okay. So. See, I've never, you know, having never been a homeowner and, you know, domesticated like you, Tom, I've never, never known of any known leaf days. But, uh, yeah, I suppose yeah. that's something. Normally gotta... the leaves on the front lawn, I, I, I years ago I bought a, uh, an electric blower, you know, to blow the leaves, and it just didn't have the power. So I went out and bought, I went out to Dave's Turf and Marine and bought a Johnson Red gas powered oh my goodness it's it's like a hurricane that is so <laughs> awesome <laughs> it, man i'll tell you it blows those leaves like crazy so i just blow them off the front yard but we got these bushes you know and it's, i gotta i gotta rake them out of the bushes so because the wife said so she, she gave me my marching orders so. she gave you your marching orders yep well yesterday. she told me that's what i had to do today so does she like have a honey do list for you, Tom? Like, put it's it on the fridge. Not a honey do, do list. She just says, "Get off your ass and do this or do that." <laughs> so she lets me know when something needs to be done. She so. needs, yeah. Well, you know, it's kind of funny. Like, like uh, my buddy Waka, he'd be out here, you know, and he he runs the paddle boards in the summer, and and he'd like to relax in his hammock. But every time his wife would see him in the hammock, it really bothered her. So she constantly, they'd be the women folk would be finding something for him to do, and uh, you know, be, so he and he said something about about women that they just aren't comfortable when they see their guy just laying around doing nothing. That just drives them nuts. That's so, true. I believe that. I believe so that. so yeah. it's like you gotta you gotta try and you gotta try and and look busy, even though you're not doing any well like when i it's kind of like when i used to work construction we had such a crazy maniac his name was arlen and uh he would cuss people out oh my god that guy you know they i'll tell you what it, it's a different world we live in now because i'm thinking most young folks today they'd get their feelies hurt and would walk off the job plus they'd never put up with shoveling the concrete like we had to and uh but he was a wild guy, and I got him on my side where he always told me, Bushy, anytime you want a job, you call me. 
come back. And uh, so, but whenever he came around, everybody got nervous. You couldn't, even if it was be waiting for a truckload of cement to come in before we'd continue on with pouring our, our highway. Uh, so when he came around, I'd look, I'd shovel rocks. I'd, I'd shovel a rock and throw it into the ditch and I'd walk in a ditch and throw it, throw it back onto the pay. I mean, I literally, I walked around with a shovel acting like I was doing something just because you didn't want to look like you weren't doing anything. And I guess that's what Arlen would have made a good wife, I guess, because I guess that's what you married guys got to do. Look busy, even if you're not. Yeah, I used to do that. Not anymore. Now I, now, uh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't try to look busy, you know. If I'm, trying, if I'm sitting in my easy chair trying to watch a show, then eh, my wife will find me and tell me to go do something, you know. So. Well, you know, I've, you know, I, 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 you got it's time, it's time to man up, Tom, and say, go in the kitchen, woman, and make me <laughs> yeah. a cup of coffee. Well, and it better be hot. Sometimes I listen to her, and sometimes I don't. So. <laughs> well, we'll I. See. Do you, do you, well, you're probably like some husbands. I think they, they act like they're listening, and they go, uh-huh, mm-hmm, yeah, uh-huh, mm, and they don't hear a word they say. Yeah, but then they ask you questions, and you didn't they, know oh, what it's like, saying, so yeah, you get screwed. Oh, you get a, so you like get a pop quiz later. Yep, exactly, <laughs> yep, yep. Mm -hmm. but that's oh, okay. boy, that's it's a good okay. thing no woman ever married me because they'd hate me. I've had her for 48 years. I think I'll keep her for a few more. So. Hey, congratulations. You know, once you guys hit that 50-year mark, I'll buy, I'll buy you guys breakfast. How about that? That sounds like a plan. All right. Sounds like a plan. I think the music's playing, yeah. Tom. Yeah, that's all I got, Danny. It's all I got, buddy. To all the listeners, thanks for listening. And God bless and stay free, everyone. You've been listening to the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors. We'll talk to you all next week, my friends. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 